0: All right, Uh, welcome to the Raptors Republic post game uh, video movie. Here we are. I'm your host, Oren Weisfeld. (laughs) I'm here with Katie Heindel from Dime, uh, Dishes and Dimes, Basketball News. Uh, Just right off the bat, Katie, I have to ask how is your back? Uh, I know you're on the floor for most (laughs) of that game, so how how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I, I think it wasn't it it was good. It was convenient for the way that the the game ended up. Um, but I was just feeling white. So that's just like a good vantage point for me to watch the game from. And then by the end, yeah, it was like very complimentary to the style of play that was that was going down and the and the end result.
0: Really? I feel like I need to get up at the end of the game. Like <laughs> I need to be standing like two feet from my TV and just like bouncing around personally, but
1: I haven't felt like that like very much
0: this season
1: you know and i kind of miss that to be honest No,
0: that's that's definitely healthy to like wait until like the playoffs for that doing it every night is like not the best i don't recommend it but mm-hmm. it, you know i don't have a choice so much. but
1: you're getting your cardio in that's you know, true that's about all, so that's all you
0: can do these days <laughs> all right so uh just initial thoughts on the game raptors fell short there against uh fully healthy Milwaukee team uh, without OGN and OB. They fought pretty hard, but uh, fell short. So initial thoughts, how do you think they played?
1: I mean, it wasn't a terrible loss. If like you would consider uh, a loss, not a bad thing, a negative thing, but it feels very simplistic to say this. And I understand it's going to sound like that, but they just can't win. Like they just cannot close out games at all um, this season. And I mean, yeah, like, I take some comfort in the fact that, like, OG was out, you know, like, Pascal was kind of invisible out there, I'd say. Um, Lowry was getting, like, you know, Lowry was just kind of beating himself and trying his best to carry the team. But he, he was a bit, like, hot and cold, though. You know, congratulations to Lowry for for making that um, milestone for the Raptors. But, yeah... I'm just like it's. It gets difficult. Like it gets difficult at this point in the season to try and dig and discover new ways to talk about the why the Raptors are losing games. Do you know what I mean? Like they they have a hard time closing. They get in really cold like, shooting streak. Um, I guess we saw both of those tonight. So it wasn't terrible, but these just like they they are not feeling any better.
0: Yeah, I mean they keep finding new ways to lose. would be one way to describe it and I think a large part of that is like the fact that they don't really get to the rim right Uh so if they're gonna just shoot threes and that's gonna be the only source of their offense then you're gonna have streaks like at the end of the third that look really good when they got back in the game and when shots are going down and then you're gonna have streaks where you know it's not going well and it's not really a way to survive in this league um Let's talk a little about individual players quickly. Uh, Pascal was pretty absent. We don't have to get into him because he's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a little bit, he's not having a very good season. Um, Kyle Lowry, you mentioned him carrying the team. You know, I think this has not been such, for Kyle Lowry standards, a great start to his season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started, like, the first game really first couple games really well, then he's kind of been up and down. He hasn't really found that consistency. Um, So I'm kind of worried about where you are with him. Uh, Are you worried at all? Or do you think that it's just going to take a little bit more time for him to really find, you know, his peak powers?
1: Don't be worried ever about me and Lowry. I feel like I'll never, I'm never giving up on Lowry. Um, And I have to say like a little bit of this, you you, like you got to kind of hand it to the guy just like with everything that they've kind of gone through this season so far he's trying his damnedest honestly to just like hold it together show some consistency um when he's like working with basically like no consistent either like rhythm gameplay like there's nothing that he can kind of lean on and i feel like dig up you know like scrounge up a kind of win or even like momentum from game to game as you said like they keep finding new ways to lose but that like That's a simple but like pretty accurate way to put it is just when everything is kind of changing. And for someone like Larry, who I think thrives so well on being like multiple steps ahead in any given game, when he doesn't even really know what he's going to work with game to game, I feel like it's just like it doesn't make his job any easier and he doesn't have an easy job to begin with. So, no, uh, I'm not worried about Larry. He is also recovering from what I assume is a kind of gnarly toe infection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to discount that, but no, like Larry is like the last person I am concerned for on this team.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's also worth pointing out uh, quickly that like, he has been kind of thrust into a new role here on top of everything on top of like nurses style of coaching, which is erratic and constantly changing and everywhere and new players coming in and all that. Kyle's also playing off the ball in a role similar to the one he played with when Kawhi was on the team two seasons Mm ago. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth just mentioning that that's going to take some time to adjust with that being said, I guess like that means that the ball is mostly in Fred's hands and he had a really good game. I think overall from like a point guard perspective, from a playmaking perspective, Mm -hmm. um, do you, do you like that the the Raptors are kind of going in this I would call it like a developmental mode putting the ball in Fred's hands putting the ball in Pascal's hands even letting OG create a little bit and and basically saying like we're not trying every night our hardest to win I would say we're more we're we're more worried about the long term here do you think that's the right approach
1: I mean I again I think it's kind of the only approach they've got right now cuz like who else you know who else can can Larry really dish it to like when you mention that he's kind of falling back into this pattern he sort of had with Kawhi. And I guess even before that, you know, DeRozan, like, he doesn't really have that guy. I think by default, it has to be Fred um, just by virtue of like what we talked about before in terms of consistency. Um But it's, it's a little bit like he's, again, he's trying his best to like create shots and like create momentum where he can. I don't mind that they're, ex- like, that they're kind of giving an opportunity for these guys to explore their roles a little bit more. But a, a big part of me is also like, uh, we should be well past this point. Mm. Um, I don't just mean in this season. I mean, honestly, like developmentally, you know, Fred and Siakam, I know now we are billing them as kind of the future leaders of the team officially uh, by virtue of salary and just like the way that we talk about their roles. But I also think like they've had like, at least a season, two seasons now to really feel out what that means for them. I'd say probably more last season than the championship run season, just because last season we saw the kind of next man up mentality. Everybody was getting hurt, really doesn't. And they like they they gave, it, they gave it something. They gave it the kind of heart that I sort of expected them to give it this year, but they've come in a little bit cold for. So I don't know. A part of me, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, a part of me almost feels like it's regression <laughs> in a way.
0: No, it, I'd say it definitely It definitely is. They're not as good of a team as, as you would even expect them to be, even taking into account the losses they had this offseason. I'll say, like, on that note, Fred I give a little bit more slack to because the ball is in his hands more than it's ever been. He's really mm-hmm. being asked to play point guard, which he hasn't with the Raptors. So this season is a little bit different. Siakam on the other hand I know he's coming off an injury but this is major regression for him and I know it's there's nice areas of his game to point out his playmaking has improved um he's been really good like help defender this season but as a scorer which is what he's being paid a max contract to be he Mm -hmm. it's just not there and it's kind of it's pretty worrisome because um okay like yeah, he can still be a number two option on a team. We know that. Um, But I guess I didn't expect us to be this early into the season and kind of be like, okay, doesn't look like Pascal will probably ever, I don't know if there's an overreaction, but probably ever be a number one option. Um, Let's move on just to the the way that they ended the game. um, I'm curious your thoughts on like, if we matched up uh, with Milwaukee in the playoffs, Um, obviously they're a little better team than us, but, one thing that I was surprised about was the Raptors closed really small against a really big lineup. Mm-hmm. And usually you, you think, okay, you see Giannis and Lopez, and it's like you need a wall-up, right? And last season they went like Gasol, OG, Siakam, or, you know, the season before that, Kawhi, mm-hmm. Siakam. And that's a huge team. And they had a lot of success playing small. So, yeah, I'm wondering if you think that's sustainable if we were to match up in a series.
1: I mean, I don't hate the matchup just by virtue, again, of like you know that was like a fully healthy Bucks team. It's super early in the season to say this, but that was a fully healthy Bucks team. The Raptors are obviously going through it; they weren't at full capacity tonight, so I don't hate it. I also don't hate it because historically the Bucks have never managed to really just like hold it together in a playoff situation. You know, they—I don't know if it's just like the longevity of the playoffs, um, the fact that like every series lasts forever. And it's so different just in terms of gameplay, game to game, even not even series to series. So I don't hate it. But one thing I've noticed about the Bucks this season is like with the addition of guys like Holiday, their pace is way up. And to me, that was always the kind of thing that sputtered out for the Bucs in the playoffs. Like they got kind of clunky. They got kind of like negatively formulaic, I would say, and a bit sticky. Um, and so it didn't really surprise me to see the Raptors going small against that. But I would kind of worry if the Bucs just tuned into that, because I think they have more answers to that uh, on their roster this season than they did last season. But again, like if we're just going historically of what we've seen of the Bucs in the past few, few seasons in the postseason, it's kind of a coin toss, honestly. And at this point it's a coin toss with the Raptors too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) And also like, if they're going to play that fast, if the Raptors like, I was skeptical from the start of this game because it was so fast and in my head, it's like, okay, if we're, these are the two fastest teams in the league. They both like to get out in transition Mm -hmm. more than anyone else. But I mean, look at the numbers and the bucks are one of the most efficient teams in transition and Toronto's, I think, bottom five, uh, transition efficiency. And that was just not the case. Um, like years ago I asked Blake about this like some of his thoughts on it because it didn't mm-hmm. make it doesn't make that much sense that Ibaka and Gasol leaving would make their transition de- offense this much less efficient um but yeah I kind of want to move on um I was reading your your piece in basketball news about the trust um the Raptors trust issue and that was a, a couple weeks ago now and I'm wondering if you've seen any improvements uh from from when you wrote that to now Obviously, the Raptors, they've won some games. I think they've gone six and two or something, or six and three over the last nine. So I'm wondering if you've seen a little bit more trust within the organization.
1: I mean, I'll say with the kind of positive energy games, I I, I feel like I've seen, we've all seen flashes of the Raptors that I do miss, um, but that's kind of it. I think there was, there has been more visibility, a little bit more visibility from the front office, which was a big thing that I noticed, just like the optics of them not being around or seemingly to be like this absentee leadership of the team. Um, otherwise, no, because to be honest, like, you know, the big learning things for me are obviously like Terrence Davis is still getting meaningful minutes. There hasn't been an update or any more dialogue around his situation from the team, from leadership um, which I'm not even asking for a lot, but I think at some point you have to acknowledge it again, that this is an ongoing process, you know, and things are developing. Um, I think they're a little bit more settled in Tampa than they were when I wrote that. So that's like heartening because I do think like, it helps for these guys to get their legs under them, to get settled, you know, to actually be like, a lot of them didn't have homes (laughs) and we're still living in the hotel you know up until a couple of weeks ago so that's a positive thing too. Um but no I mean cuz now you have these other wrenches that are kind of getting tossed league wide which is just like the prevalence of covid, you know, in the NBA and the NBA kind of steamrolling ahead regardless of what happens. So I think what difficulties the Raptors were facing initially um kind of starting this season, it's not that the road has gotten any easier for them. So I do hope that they can kind of buckle down around that, you know, and just just you know commit like you're in tampa maybe it sucks but you're there for the season you know what i mean there's a lot of maturity around you but like you got to be able to lean on the guys that you're around and just like try and like dig dig as deep as you can you know what i mean but i mean from an optics perspective there have been flashes i guess i could say that but um and oh i will say too the little the little bit of touch and go though we were talking about Pascal and like his game just of being a little bit spotty. I haven't felt like, you know, that when he got when he walked off the court and he was um penalized for that, like in the game following, and it just felt like there was maybe a little bit more going on with him. Mm-hmm. He seems to have gotten himself a little bit more under control in that sense. So that's good to see too. But I um, it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think they do look a little bit happier than they they started the season yeah. looking, um, but the winds the winds are still not coming. And uh, as Raptors fans. I mean, the wins fans, would help
1: them be happy. Yeah, <laughs> for
0: sure. And it would also help us stop complaining mm. so much. Um, but you touched a little bit on reputation. I think this is an interesting part of the season, both from a Raptors perspective and from a league wide perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. the NBA and the Raptors are two organizations, let's call them that have built up over many years a really solid reputation, both like in the context of professional sports, but also just like beyond that, right? And this season is putting in at least my mind a a damper on that. Like Adam Silver is no longer above the other other commissioners of these sports leagues because he has been shown that he's, it's a capitalist enterprise and and they're going to go on just like football did, just like college football did with these, you know, COVID tests popping up constantly and they're just going to go on and say, yeah, this sucks, but we want to make money. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, so I guess the question is, do you think this, this tarnish on their reputation will stay after this season? Or do you think fans will forget about it once things are back to the normal times?
1: I think it might be like a 50 50 split, honestly, because I think, you know, psychologically, everybody's sort of craving for things to go back to normal. I don't know that they will, but I think people really want to buy in quickly to what that could look like. So if that's just like a regular season, starting at its normal time, kind of going through these sort of normal, kind of like big dates and, and like getting into the rhythm that we're familiar with, I think people will be happy to kind of fall into that. But on the other hand, I speak for myself and, you know, some other people I've I've spoken to, whether they're in the media or just fans, it has felt like a really arm's length season. You know, like I was kind of wondering, was this just for me and the Raptors? But then no, it's like for me and league wide. I think in just looking at like the ongoing developments of how the league is, I would say dealing with, but essentially not dealing with the pandemic. Um and just being quite frankly pretty callous and you touched on it is just like showing their true colors as yeah, they're, they're a business, you know, and they took a hit last season and clearly they're trying to recoup for that. But like talking about having the all-star game this year is just like one of the most, this is like, I didn't even know, (laughs) like I didn't even know that you could make believe that we're at that point, you know, like that's pure fantasy to me, but like, I guess that's where they are. And I think, you know, you've got to look at it as like they can operate within the bounds of kind of the background that they're in, which isn't, you know, it's not that saying it's that much better in Canada, but in the States, I think, depending on what state you're in and community you're in, like legislation and rules and everything is so different. And I think the NBA is really using that disorganization to their advantage to kind of slip through the cracks and just say like, well, you know, nobody's told us no. And like, we're just going to kind of go with the flow. But to me, it's just like, when you look at the bubble, When you look at the stoppage of play and then the bubble, it's just such a complete 180 from like how careful they were and just like thoughtful it seemed like they were and like ready to really be a leader, you know, in that world. And then when it showed like, oh, you you lost a lot of money, they were like, well, we can't really do that anymore. So we're going to just like go completely the other way and just like, you know, bulldoze ahead, especially when they've seen from any other major pro sports league they've all they've all had the exact similar effects that the NBA see now with like a rise in cases with games being postponed. So I just don't understand that they could feel surprised by what's happening now.
0: No, yeah. I think nah this season sucks. Also the level of play. <laughs> the level of play has also just been so bad. Like there's been a lot more blowouts and mm-hmm. it's hard to find a game that actually goes deep. But yeah, like they could have seen this coming. This is, I don't think this was such a shock to them. Even if you looked at some of the quotes going into the season from media members at ESPN and also like league people, they were like Adam Silver, they were saying like, people are going to get cases, but we're going to make sure that the cases don't create like team-wide outbreaks. That was basically their thought. But my thing was always, okay, but we don't know the long-term effects of COVID. So that's fine. But you're putting people at risk that we don't we're not aware of yet, and like mm-hmm. to say that yeah they're healthy athletes like no there's been athletes who have had like a, there's been a good amount of athletes that have had these heart conditions um, like heart inflammation from COVID so it sucks the All Star Game thing is weird because it's kind of like it shows where the NBA is at like mentally or at mm-hmm. least optically it it makes it seem like they While we thought they were like, oh God, panic mode. What are we going to do this season? Like, we need to shut it down. Really, they're like, huh, can we like squeeze an all-star game in here? It's like, no, that's not the attitude you should have right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, like nobody would notice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We plan this all along.
0: (laughs) Moving on. I have a question about uh, the broadcast and and broadcast, NBA broadcast in general. I feel Mm -hmm. like you'd be a good person to ask. So... Today, I don't know, if, did you watch the TSN broadcast today? Yes. So today they briefly mentioned Bell Let's Talk Day. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this often where they like will briefly mention one of these things, one of these social issues. And then to me it feels like they're very like scared to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And TSN is mm-hmm. one of the better, Raptors have one of the better broadcasts in the league in terms of local broadcast. TSN, especially with Jack, I think is a really good one. But I feel like broadcasters have a responsibility to talk about these issues um, whether it's you know mental health or Black Lives Matter whatever it is like part of the platform that these players are are creating is not just for the players it's also for the broadcasters, it's also for a league it's also for executive coaches so in my mind when when these broadcasters like move on so quickly from an issue or really just feel like intimidated by them, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a failed opportunity to me. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's like, I think a lot of the times broadcast, whether you're on like a live broadcast or just like in media, unfortunately, and it just has to do with like old guard versus new guard too, I think, but like there is this real fear of, you know, miss, like taking a misstep. When I think, like, Getting the canceled, reality right. is, yeah, and, like, the reality is, like, you know, yes. Yeah, so what? Maybe you say a r- the wrong thing or, like, you don't say it in the most eloquent way. But I think with issues like that, that's sort of what people want to hear. Like, they want to hear you just being a regular person and talking mm-hmm. about it and addressing it uh, in, like, an imperfect sort of way that invites conversation, frankly. Like, that's what makes people more apt to, like, lean in and listen and just be like, oh, you know, they're talking about this, like... I talk about this with my friends or like maybe in a way I'd like to talk about this, but I don't feel confident doing. So I think like, yes, you're right. Like it is a real opportunity missed to be a leader, but like in being a leader, you don't have to be like the, the most perfect like scripted version of that right away, because the whole point is the more you talk about these things, the easier they get to talk about. So I think like, I think Bell Let's Talk is important. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's also probably, um, a supporter of TSN. <laughs> so they probably are obligated to talk about it on the air to a degree. Um but I also think it's important as much as it is like a corporate, it is like a corporate thing, but for some people that might be their first experience of even like having a dialogue about that. You know what I mean? Like so if that starts it for somebody, that's positive. Same with the social justice uh, issues that were happening in the summer around the league. Like, if that was someone's first experience in, in having a conversation, even if it was a messy one, it's better than just ignoring it, you know, to your point.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think like broadcasters, um, maybe due to their age, they have like this um, desire to put everything into its historical context rather <laughs> than its cultural context in this mm-hmm. moment. So mm-hmm. I feel like there's tons of missed opportunities to talk about these issues and then what ends up happening is the players have to take all, all of the burden and then you end up with, you know, things like the strike in the bubble because they felt overwhelmed and like they were doing everything. Um, well, I'm
1: glad you brought that up actually, because I, like when you, the broadcast question actually made me think of a scrum. I mean, there was a couple scrums during the bubble, um, but when like, when shootings were happening and protests were happening and players were just getting asked again and again, point blank, like, how do you feel? No preamble. No, just like, how are you doing first? Or just like small talk. It was just, and everything was removed because you're on Zoom. So the players can't necessarily see your face if you're, if you're like, if your camera's not on, which a lot of reporters don't have their cameras on. So there's like a a certain like air of removal. And then you're just kind of asking these guys, and they're aware, they're like, well, you're just kind of trying to get a quote, you know? And I think it was Fred Van Vliet turned it around on a couple reporters, and he was just like, well, how do you feel? And I think he was just asking for like a genuine reaction, like a genuine response. He didn't want to hear the correct thing. Like he didn't want to hear the, like, you know, yeah. Like the thing that was safe to say, he just wanted to talk to somebody.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. We'll wrap up here. Um, I guess to be on a little lighter note, what do you think of this uh, fade for Kate idea? This, this idea that the Raptor should tank. This season,
1: I you're literally breaking news for me now. I haven't heard about this.
0: Oh yeah, this is like a this is a Twitter thing, you know. So, Um. for (laughs) Cade,
1: if you know what, if it makes you feel happy, sure. But like (laughs) I like, it's too early, everybody. As much as we're like you and I are, like this sucks. This feels dismal. This isn't good. Where is the joy? It's also when you look at it, it's like you know maybe they're like. Five wins back right now. I don't even know. I haven't looked at the standings today. I think less. Yeah, maybe four, perhaps four. But it's it's a weird season. It's going to keep being a weird season. You we literally don't know what's going to happen. Whether that's because of the pandemic, um, just because of like how teams are playing. As you said, it's like nobody is playing. I think the the regular kind of basketball that we're used to, even like the basketball that we saw in the bubble. So I think don't get ahead of yourself. Um, don't start tank campaigns. And also, unfortunately, I have to say this, like the Raptors, like they suck right now, but they are too good of a team to tank. Like we don't suck that badly. So we it sucks more that we're in this kind of purgatory of like suckage where we're not so bad that like you can blow this thing up, but we're also not very good right now. So it's just like, and I don't know how many we can keep talking about how bad they are but we can't it's not clean you know it's going to be a little bit more messy for a while
0: no for sure i agree with you i think they're just too good to tank and they have guys who are too competitive that if you ever tried to say to them like oh my hey, God. we're gonna take it a bit like, easier
1: say that to larry's face honestly exactly campaign that- i i dare you
0: right so that's the thing uh last question uh what's like one thing you'd like to see next game or the or the next couple games that would kind of make you believe like all right they're kind of getting it back on track here
1: I mean Baines (laughs) could he get a could he get a rebound could he get a successful put I have like a more confident put back than Baines does at this moment and that's not saying a lot so I'd like to just see him I don't know get more into like the rotations, the schemes a little bit better. I don't know why these continue to elude him. Um, I'd like to have Pascal make his presence known on court, even if that's like by messing up and not taking the correct shot all the time, pick your spot, take the shot, show some confidence in that sense. And I want to see OG come back because I really missed him very badly this game
0: yeah no you could absolutely tell that might have been a different game if og was on chris middleton instead of powell and Mm -hmm. that would have been a very different game Well,
1: congratulations norm obviously a starter we never should have doubted you you should not come off the bench anymore
0: no he's really turned it around this season like Mm -hmm. the way he started compared to the way he's playing now is Mm -hmm. night and day um katie thank you for joining us uh thank you all for listening um Follow Katie on Twitter, follow Raptors Republic on YouTube and on Twitter. We will be doing this post game show every game from now on. So look out for that. And uh, yeah.